Will Street Fighter's biggest, baddest villain be back in Street Fighter VI? We take a look at the history of M. Bison to note how many times he's died and come back to try to assess whether or not he'll likely do so in the next franchise entry. Plus, what does your online rank say about how you'll likely place in tournament? All that on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Green. With me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. How is your week going? Terrible, but, but you know what? I've been having a lot of fun here with uh, Street Fighter V uh, and kind of seeing the game just kind of get to a good spot and watching CEO and all that other kind of stuff. So the fighting game aspect of stuff is going great. The non-fighting game stuff, not as great. But how are you Sorry doing? Sorry to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all right. I can't complain. The fighting game stuff has been going actually really fun. Mm-hmm. I've been having more success with Luke than I expect, especially this early. I'm running into people that I don't normally do well against and, and continuing to, like, just all of a sudden their life bar is gone. I'm like, when did that happen? <laughs> this is great. This is a lot of fun. Uh, so I've been having fun uh, exploring Luke and such. And then, uh, oh, I wanted to make sure to shout out this week. Uh, I, I think I forgot last week. Uh, one of our regular listeners and readers on the website, uh, Reborn Odin, oh, that yeah. guy yeah. always has something like constructive and and like relevant to say. Uh, guy or girl, I assume it's guy, and because uh, they're um, profile picture thumbnail. But yeah, I just want to say I, I appreciate Reborn Odin. Thank you for all of your contributions. Thank you for checking things out. Thanks for being awesome. And uh, yeah. yeah, some of the comments that he leaves are, are some of the like most long and detailed and well thought out comments on our website. Uh, I'm actually really a big fan of his whenever I see his comments. Uh, there, there's some people I see their comments and I just go, mm, not going to look at those. Uh, Reborn Odin is not one of those. He is actually someone I kind of seek out to see what he has to say. So shout out to him. Absolutely. Speaking of well thought out, I want to talk about Street Fighter lore this week. And because we've been we've been discussing a lot of lore centered stuff as we get ready for SF5 and yada yada. We've talked about Luke's story last week, which wasn't the best, but interesting enough. And um, uh, so we're getting ready for who knows what. You know, know, John, I've got a combo break. You maybe even combo break at the Psycho Crusher and ask our readers to leave a like on this video if they don't mind. What's this graphic here? What's this amazing graphic that got put together by? They should psycho yeah, crushed the like button psycho yes absolutely because like we're going to talk about m bison today uh and and um, because m bison has been one of the biggest uh engines for the story uh why well because he's the big bad guy he's killed everybody's parents and they're all coming out to him for revenge and he's putting on a lot of the tournaments a lot of the times um so m bison a lot of the story moves forward because of him and his actions but then also capcom has used him as a very uh, uh specific engine to create new characters because m bison as we know uses psycho power which is very stressful on the body plus he's got everybody gunning for him all the time so he creates new bodies that he can eventually move his soul into although uh, of course he always ends up in the same type of m bison body that we all know and love and hate but uh, uh, he creates new ones, so that's how you get the likes of Cammy and the Dolls, and probably Abel and Falk and Ed and uh, Seth and others, because and Bison just like, oh, I need extra bodies, and then they become sentient, and all of a sudden they're their own characters. It's a very clever device that Capcom used to create new characters. It's a little bit tired at this point, so maybe don't just make everyone that comes in a, a new Bison clone. But uh, Bison drives story big time, and Capcom has not always been 
all that linear with their story. In fact, it's always all over the place in terms of uh, the different entries of the Street Fighter series and franchise being located at different times. And they uh, don't always agree with one another. Why? Well, it's easy to see because if you're doing a fighting game, you're primarily, uh, your, your top priority is not going to be so much, well, I want to make sure this lines up story-wise. Your top priority is I want to do something with a character, whether that make them more buff or less buff in Bison's case, or give them a new move or, or, or update them in some way. And so I'm going to do that. And then when you go to, so like say Street Fighter 2 Bison was created, right? And then you have this kind of like thin skinny Bison that, you know, we all know. And then you go to Alpha, which took place before all of that. And he suddenly buff and can throw a fireball. You're like, yeah. how did you do that? Well, it's probably because they wanted to make M. Bison uh, a more of a formidable foe. And they've had more time to think about it and such. But they do explain that in the story to a degree. And, and I think that that's kind of cool. So at some places, they will try to justify some of the things they've done. But there are just absolutely like just different stories that get told. Um, and maybe if, if, if we do have a time travel story that goes back to Street Fighter Alpha, maybe that's going to open up two timelines and then you'll be able to justify why there's two stories for how Nash died, for instance, things like that. But the main thing I want to do today is talk about the times, figure out the number of times M. Bison has actually died, how that happened, how he's come back, because not only is it super interesting and relevant to a lot of other characters' stories, but also it might tell us whether or not to expect to see him in Street Fighter VI. So we'll start at the beginning of the timeline, which is, oh, first of all, did you have any questions about that before we dive into this? I have questions, about a comments, million concern. questions, but I don't know if we can even answer half of those. So mm. we'll, we'll, we'll do the best we can here because uh, it's, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, but but, uh, but Street Fighter, uh, uh, Capcom has almost always prioritized what they want to do with a character over whether or not they fit in the story. Case in point, Goken, he was killed by uh, Akuma, although I've also heard Sagat. There you go. <laughs> but he was dead, right? And then in Street Fighter 4, they said, well, we want to put Goken in here. And uh, how? Well, we'll just say he was sleeping instead of dead. And muscle atrophy be damned. However long he was out, he just wakes up. He's still super buff, ready to go, and even maybe even more powerful now. And there you go. And people are like, well, I'm happy to have Goken, even if that makes zero sense. But here we go. Yeah. So M. Bison, he's not in Street Fighter 1, which is where everything starts. All right, fair enough. We get to Street Fighter Alpha. This is the, the first time we technically see Bison in the timeline. And he's that, like we said, that big buff version of himself that can throw fireballs, very formidable. He also has uh, like a, a, something called the Psycho Drive, which is this big, like sort of like a Cerebro for Psycho Power kind of machine, maybe a, a, a James Bond villain type of machine that helps him concentrate and use his Psycho Power even more effectively. Okay, so... He's pissing everybody off. They come for him. Uh, he gets hit with a real big uppercut by Ryu. He retreats to his psycho drive where he's revitalizing himself. But uh, Chun-Li, Nash, and Guile infiltrate his evil lair. And they set a bunch of explosives. And then Nash fights with Bison while the other two, Chun and Guile, get the hell out of Dodge. Nash stays behind to make sure that Bison is in this place when it explodes, and thus he sacrifices himself to kill M. Bison. Now, right off the bat, you go, what about that whole story with the waterfall and the attack helicopter that accidentally shot Nash and then Bison throws him off of the waterfall? That seems to be canonical because Street Fighter V calls back to that constantly. You're right, that happens in Alpha, I think, 2 it was, but 
Bison doesn't die there. And there's a big part of Rose's story where Bison uses Rose's body, or rather uh, Bison's lackeys put his soul into Rose's body following his death in Alpha, and then she's very much tied to Bison after that. So it's it, that's a super important part of Rose's story that I, as far as I can tell, would not happen if Bison and the waterfall thing all happened. So Bison dies because of this explosion, and then what happens is his uh, his I, I don't know if his body's officially found or not, but his scientists are somehow able to harness his soul, and they place it into roses for a time until they're able to make the body that you see in Street Fighter 2, which is thinner and different, um, and it's not as strong. Uh, and then Rose wakes up and when she's given her body back, essentially, and she's kind of got some foggy memory, and now she's connected to Bison, yada, yada. So that takes us to Street Fighter 2. Bison has died before we get there, one time so far. Yeah, yeah, I have a question. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, Buckaroo, because here we go. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much like um, they they took pages of a book, threw it into a blender, and grinded up all the pages, and then reassembled the pages, and then that's the plot, pretty much. Um, that's pretty. That seem. Does that seem accurate for what you know? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, and it's it gets it gets they turn up the blender. Oh boy! So in Street Fighter Two, <laughs> Bison sets this tournament up once again. He's he's wanting to get Ryu because Ryu has so much potential. He's one of the greatest fighters on the planet, and he hasn't even realized his potential, which makes him a great body for Bison to potentially inhabit. So he's trying to get Ryu to pop up, and uh, and and does although. It's not even clear who wins Street Fighter 2's tournament. I know that we did a, a segment on it and you came to a final conclusion. You can absolutely check out that video where we talk about it. But it's not exactly clear who was going to fight Bison as the uh, as like the final match of the tournament. But someone who didn't even sign up on Smash GG, Akuma pops up, zips in, and kills Bison with a Raging Demon. Now this is particularly potent because a Raging Demon, the way it works is it kind of... Uh, um, uh, it reacts directly uh, in relation to how much malice and sin is in the soul of the victim. And M. Bison might be the, the most evil character in this entire universe. So when Akuma raging demons Bison, it's like the most intense raging demon you can think of, and it kills him. And uh, and, and so that's the whole idea there in Street Fighter 2. But the thing is, even that is not... that That's widely accepted as canon and fair enough. Um, but then in the lead up to Street Fighter 4, there were these things called the Street Fighter 4 Aftermath. And they released these little animated um, like kind of trailers. They were like five minutes. And I think there were about four of them uh, as a way to promote Street Fighter 4 before it came out. And in Sea Vipers, it's there's sort of an alternate take. After Street Fighter 2, Bison is sort of chased out of his area in Thailand or his big temple by the likes of Ryu, Ken, Chun, Guile, and Kami. And they surround him out in the wilderness and they're going to beat him and he's in this big cannon because they've had this big anime fight and there's, you know, craters and stuff like that. Bison psycho suicides and blows himself up and that blasts all of these characters but it doesn't kill any of them it's kind of is like a vegeta sort of a thing in the majin buu saga that's how he dies according to the pre street fighter 4 lore now that's not as 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 widely held as the the whole raging demon thing but if you remember in Street Fighter 4 Bison has a particular costume where he's just kind of like destroyed and burnt up and like his 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 clothes are all messed up. I think that's a reference to this moment where he blew himself up. 
Um, so I, you, you know which you know which costume I'm talking about. I know about? exactly which costume. Yeah, and we'll flash it up here on screen. Uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. was an interesting costume that they did. And I always kind of wondered what that was representative of. It's and like, what is it? it? Yeah, ex- well, it's exactly like you know what they did with Evil Ryu, right? There, um, he got the the damaged chest and all that. He had the wound in there, and that was you know part of the what ifs kind of scenario. So they made that a costume, right? So that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I think that's where that destroyed costume comes from. Now, whether he was killed by Akuma or by Psycho's suicide, uh, the the events of him coming back from from death number two are very vague. It's just like his scientists found him and put him in a new body again for Street Fighter Four, and he was sort of operating in the background for a lot of it, although giving orders to some of his lackeys like like Balrog and Vega and such. But Seth takes sort of center stage for the majority of SF Four as your main bad guy. Bison lurks in the background, but he was revived yet again, which doesn't make any sense with the whole psycho or with the whole raging demon thing because. It directly ta- attacks his soul. Like if anything were to kill M. Bison, it should be the Raging Demon. But I mean, even that doesn't stop him. So we zip along to Street Fighter 4. He doesn't Akuma, die. Akuma's truly a weak character because he can't kill yeah. anyone. Literally, yeah. he, he, he can't kill anyone. Like this is Akuma. He gets stopped by a guy. He doesn't get Gen. He, I mean, apparently it worked on Bison, but also it didn't. Uh, it worked on Gen, but also, or, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Gil, but also it didn't. Come on, Akuma, what are you doing here? <laughs> that big banner on our website, is Akuma a weak character? We finally answered the question. It's finally been answered. He is. It's finally He's been weak. answered. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh. Shouldn't be losing to him. Uh, okay, so Bison's <laughs> died officially twice now. Gosh, yeah, old us, <laughs> old podcast us. <laughs> Why are you complaining about Akuma? <laughs> uh, so a lot of us have seen the story in a shadow falls of what happens to Bison. Now, this is arguably the strongest Bison has ever been is in Street Fighter V, even possibly stronger than he was in Street Fighter Alpha. Why? Because he's launched all of his chaos moons or whatever it is. Also, you know, the 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 world is divided and you know trump and all that stuff is going on in 2016 so (laughs) there's a lot of chaos is the point and uh, (laughs) and so psycho power thrives off of chaos and it's widespread across the planet so bison becomes extremely powerful but ryu finds balance in the satsui no hato and and the power of nothingness by defeating nikali and then he shows up charlie nash who has been resurrected as we know sacrifices himself to take absorb a, a substantial amount of bison's psycho power and then ryu is able to hit him with the little floofiest poofiest power of nothingness hadouken but that is enough to slowly but surely disintegrate bison and he laughs maniacally as he slowly just kind of like evaporates away but this is the third time bison has been officially killed and uh Technically, this is where we're at because after this, he's gone and he doesn't show up in the events of Street Fighter 3, which is the final one on the timeline. Yeah. Um, and so Bison's of- officially died three times, but we've heard of him dying, I guess, four times because of the whole Street Fighter 4 uh, self-suicide thing. That's interesting because, yeah, his body type does change from, you know, Street Fighter 2 to Street Fighter 4. Um, uh, and then Street Fighter 4, you could argue his body is different, but he also has white hair. So it's kind of like he's aging and he's doing the rapid aging thing that, you know, Bison always does, right? And that Falk and Ed are doing and stuff. It, it's fascinating uh, and also maddening to try to figure out. Uh, there it is. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. So, and then there are some non-canonical versions, like there's the Street Fighter 2 movie where Ryu and Ken take him on, and they kill him with the double Hadouken, but then, spoilers, I believe in the credits, he pops up, and he's like in a truck or something like that, and it's like he just, he, that he didn't actually die, which, fine, whatever. And then, of course, the greatest portrayal of M. Bison that has ever happened was Raul Julia. Julia, yeah, Julia, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Raul, Sorry, Raul, Raul, Raul Julia, if I yeah. pronounced it wrong. Julia, we're going to go with that. Where uh, my, or where Guile roundhouse kicks him into his giant mass of evil lair screens. Those explode, and then he's off the air, and uh, his entire temple explodes, and we're going to assume that he's gone there. And then there was also something, something uh, Chun-Li's movie with Chris pine or whatever that who cares that that didn't that didn't happen so uh bison's died that many times i guess <laughs> uh three times officially in canon and i think one of them is is a replacement so like three and a half times we'll say will he be in street fighter six i if reuse kill in street fighter five was indeed significant and lasting which there's nothing to tell us that it would be but if it was uh i think bison doesn't show up in sf6 except for the fact that if they're going back in time uh he's going to be around during the alpha days and so that it could be interesting that if they do this maybe where bison fights nash on the waterfall and where bison fights nash in the uh, facility are just two timelines. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Rose goes back in the first one, he fought Nash in the waterfall, and the second one he, or in the first one he fought him in the in the um, in the facility, and then the second one he fought him on the waterfall, something like that. Capcom actually might be able to make uh, with timeline or with time travel rules make some of their stuff make sense. But there is the convoluted, weird history of M. Bison. That's how many times he died. Do you have any other questions, uh, or have I, I have. answered any of your questions? <laughs> you, you've answered a bunch of questions and then spawned like many more like the hows the whys we ever everyone knows rose is my favorite character how did that go all that other kind of stuff i know a little bit of that where it's like they basically extracted the good parts of bison's soul and like somehow that's rose uh, i don't know how uh exactly um but sure you know <laughs> pretty much cool. yeah that's how it kind of goes but no it's, it's actually really cool to hear the breakdown here and it's it's a good idea to, you know that we have a heads up if bison is going to kind of make it there's usually the ghost or phantom version of him in street fighter 5 i could see that version being in street fighter 6 as well because you know mm-hmm. uh, no one truly ever dies <laughs> nope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let let us know if you hope to see Bison in Street Fighter Six, or if you uh, think we will see Bison in Street Fighter Six, and we will see you guys in Street Fighter Six. There we go. All right, John. I want to talk about now a tier list for Street Fighter V's online rank system. And accordingly, like, if you are this rank, you can expect to do this while in tournament and kind of in general, right? And uh, no one's ever done this before, as far as I know. It's kind of a new kind of spin on it, a, a tier list for how big are your league points? How big is that LP? So, so, so uh, if let me just make sure I got this right. This is, if you are XYZ rank online, then you will likely do this well in tournament exactly exactly and it's you know it's okay. a pretty general thing and uh, um both you and i are you know uh, competent players here we've placed in tournament before uh we, you know we've, we've done our, our fair share of work over the years and, and i kind of want to break it down that way but before i do that I, I have to ask all of our listeners if they don't mind leaving a like on the channel because once i that's not how we say it anymore oh. we say 
Psycho crush the like button. Psycho crush the like button because you're not going to want to do it after I piss you off with my tier list. So please (laughs) do it now. And promise you won't take it back. (laughs) But starting first up here with the Warlord rank, that's uh, 300,000 league points. Most players who fall into this category are capable of winning a major tournament without any issue at all. Uh, You've got to be a very gifted online player who grinds a ton to get this rank. And it is damn hard to get here. Uh, you've got to be amazing. And sure, you know, if, if if Item or Punk decides to enter a tournament where you're a warlord, you know, maybe you're not exactly going to beat them. Uh, you might end up winning. But you are also in the top 200-ish of players that are playing online right now. That is really hard to do. Just to throw out some notables here, I mentioned Item and Punk. They are both warlord ranks. Uh, Tokido, Nemo, NL, Problem X, Phenom, Smug, and Infectious. Those are all the players you will see if you are warlord rank damn hard to do and more than likely if you're a warlord right not every warlord is going to win you know the tournaments and stuff they enter you know depends on who who is there but the vast majority of warlord ranked players are capable of winning a major depending on who shows up you know it's interesting though uh the guy uh that has been atop the street fighter 5 online leaderboards since like uh, as far trash as i know box. like day one or yeah. two trash box i've seen him participate in some big japanese tournaments you know like probably evo japan and stuff like that or cpts i've never seen him win and he is he's i don't know if you looked up his his points for for this thing but he is like not like six heads and shoulders above the next place down like he's got like all he does is play and usually win street fighter online so i don't know how he does that but but also i've never seen him win a tournament yeah it's it's uh he's he's definitely gotten high up in tournaments before uh he's i believe he's gotten like you know fifth and fourth place in a few of the majors and stuff he's gotten far up there it might even been a little further than that but winning no uh but winning is hard to do when you've got you know the the top 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 end players that are entering Mm -hmm. the tournament it just kind of depends so um but he if he entered the right tournament he'd definitely win it you know it just it it just depends on kind of like who shows up you know that weekend right so moving on next we have ultimate grandmaster uh and this is where you're going to find the vast majority of major tournament winners actually uh not everyone wants to grind a warlord because uh to make it to that rank uh, not only do you have to be damn good you have to grind like crazy it is hard to get to Warlord. Uh, it's hard enough to get to Ultimate Grandmaster. But once again, not every player in there is, is capable of winning a major Street Fighter V tournament. Um, but you're going to find the largest portion of major tournament winners here. Those notables include Daigo, Nephew, Big Bird, Sien, Bonchan, D- John Takauchi, Gachakun, Moke, Itizan, Hot Dog 29, Luffy, Mr. Crimson, and Mago. They make up about the top 1,000 players online. Uh, it's uh, it's not easy to get to Ultimate Grandmaster. You got to be damn good to get there. What do you have to? What's the the requirement? The requirement for Ultimate Grandmaster is 100,000 league points. Jeez. Yeah. Not 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 easy. <laughs> I'm at like 35 <laughs> or something like that. 36. My old mm. PS4 account. Ugh. I was at like 60 something, yeah. uh, imagining getting to a hundred and what that's going to take. It's just like, dude, that, th- that, that's some legit stuff. I would argue though, that you might, I mean, you said that you're more likely to see an ultimate grandmaster than you are a warlord win a tournament simply because there are probably more of them yeah. and you know, it's kind of comparable, but maybe the warlords spend too much time online and that's the difference maker between, you know, getting those little online gimmicks versus what works in the real world. And maybe they're a little too devoted to online and actually warlord is, is going too far. It's, it's, it's going to the, 
Well, no, no, no. Idleman Punk might have something to say about that. Uh, probably the two best players on the planet right now. Uh, you could definitely make a case for some others, uh, but they're both warlords, or at least they've gotten their accounts to warlords. So it's not an absolute rule, but I do agree with you that grinding online too much, you you eventually, you know, if you're going to want to win an offline tournament, you got to start training heavily offline. It's just, it's going to benefit you a lot. But in this day and age, especially on PC, especially with fiber connections, uh, online connections could be a lot like offline. And uh, in some cases, uh, the the pros are actually saying that like playing PS4 offline, playing playing PC online is better than PS4 offline. <laughs> so and it is actually true in a lot of cases. So, but you're you're not wrong. I was just giving the uh, the uh, the you know the other side of the coin there. But uh, moving on, we've got Grandmaster, which is where you and I are at. You have to add thirty five thousand league points or more, um, and you are able to consistently place in tournament if you've attained this rank. More than likely, you're definitely. You can also you can also get your ass kicked in tournament as a grandmaster i know that oh yeah uh, also yeah we, we both know that quite well yes <laughs> usually getting our butts kicked that the last couple times i've lost a tournament it's been to ultimate grandmasters so there we go mm -hmm. right so um but you're definitely going to find some major tournament winners in this rank as well but generally if you've 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 hit the spot and kept your skills up you can expect to uh, you can expect to place in, in events that you attend uh that typically means you know you're in the results on event hubs when i say you know uh you're you're placing in an event right you know we look at the uh, tournament attendance and then kind of like do the results based on that and the the grandmaster spot represents the top 4000 players online yeah hmm. all right so i think momochi's there too and yeah. momochi is as good as any of them on the right day um, but he's an example of a player that I, I think I mean, he obviously plays ranked quite a bit because you'll see a lot of Momochi footage pop up in those, uh, you know, like those compilation videos. But he doesn't seem to be one that's like grinding to get past Grandmaster. I think he just uses ranked as, as more of a tool or something like that, because a player like him, you'd assume just matter of factly would get past that rank. And, and as far as I know, he hasn't yet. But he, I, I mean, he's also one of the picks you're like, oh, is he at the tournament? You can't write him off. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a it's a funny uh, it's a funny contrast between the point totals where it, it's not an absolute rule but a general one one where you know sure. there's always some exceptions and stuff in there but but good point uh, with Momochi. So next up we've got Master Rank thirty thousand league points. This is where things start to take a fairly decent step down and it's rare to find tournament winners in this rank. It's only five thousand more league points to hit Grandmaster. That's not overly hard to do if you're that good at the game and, and most people don't stay in this rank for very long if they have the skills to progress. Um, you'll see a few players in here who have won events, it, but it's very few and far between. Um, usually, uh, these are where you, you know, these are kind of like some players in the tournament results, but the lower end of the tournament results, you'll see them at master rank. And this ends up being the uh, 6,500 range for uh, players. So, you know, with master rank, there's a player that I run into, and it's a toss up as to whether he'll be a master or a an ultra diamond. But, <laughs> and I've certainly, I think we've all been there we've where you there. get to yeah. a new rank, but then that's kind of where you've leveled off. And so you sort of bounce back and forth between, you know, over and under the line. Uh, and, and so, in some ways, you know, maybe to be even more specific, it's like if you're bouncing back and forth between Master and Ultra Diamond or Master and Grandmaster, that's also kind of like significant categorizations of, of where you might be yeah. online. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's all there. Like you really have to um, kind of solidify yourself because points are easy come and easy go in this game, uh, especially when you get up here, because I can go two and one against a Diamond ranked player and I still lose points. Uh, I'm still losing about 70, 75 points at where I'm at right now. Uh, so it's like uh, I yeah. just yeah. it's a it's a thing. Yep. it's a thing especially when you pass those benchmarks and you're like it's almost like you can breathe easy but you really can't because then like you probably passed it by 30 points which is if you lose once you're going back down right it's like the sigh of relief it's like what's your relief for yeah. you're you're on it you're still 
Oh man. If anybody else is, is just like, you hear that and you're like, Oh, me too. Please let us know yeah. like what rank he got stuck at and your yep. best story of uh <laughs> triumph followed by immediate wind out of your sails, demoralizing loss. <laughs> We've all been there. And then, then we keep grinding on this damn game. And that brings us to the diamond ranks. 14,000. Yeah, it points. does. <laughs> <laughs> Grind long enough. No matter what rank you are, you'll end up as a diamond. <laughs> The vast majority of tournament results here, and we're doing, you know, uh, super and ultra all wrapped up in one because uh, here we are. Uh, but the vast majority of tournament results outside of top eight are typically populated by, populated by players in the diamond ranks. Uh, with this list, I'm not separating out, like I mentioned that before, but um, it's rare to find people who win tournaments in this vicinity are placed in the latter portion of events. Um, but these players are all very solid and can definitely upset the pros when they're underestimated. Uh, oftentimes, the things holding back diamond rank players isn't necessarily their skills, but just putting in the time and how to train properly to get better as john was just talking about here you know kind of training offline training with the right people um decision making yes, stuff like that yeah it's like you can stuff. do the moves but you don't know when to to like jump forward versus not and you see a lot of bad habits even like i run into some diamond players and they'll be doing things where i'm like how are you this far you know how this far up because this strategy that you're using like i've talked about karen players that just use her like leaping overhead thing all the time or slide and you'll see them get to like diamond and such and it's like that that's enough to get you there but you're gonna hit a hard plateau with stuff like that or if you don't have anti-airs it's like you can get to diamond without anti-airs in some respects but you're not going to get much farther yep and, and, and to be fair here, it's hard to put in the amount of time that you need, um, like grinding to be able to win a tournament. And that's not for everyone anyway. A lot of people, you know, never pick up a guitar trying to be, you know, Joe Satriani or anything like that, right? Like they're just picking it up to have fun and kind of, you know, enjoy the game. And, and that's uh, what I see with a lot of diamond players that they they grind a bit, but they're not trying to be the best of the best. Um, and, but they are all around very solid. And again, you underestimate a diamond player, you're going to get your butt handed to you. It's a very consistent mm -hmm. kind of thing there. So they're, they're good. Diamond players for for the guitar metaphor it's like they've really got smoke on the water down you know <laughs> like they're they haven't necessarily branched out to whatever the next thing they learn but everyone learns smoke on the water first and they've got that down boom so uh the diamond players make up the top forty-two thousand players online and that brings us to platinum and through the platinum ranks here uh 75,000 league points are above uh the main thing i've noticed that stopping players from getting out of the platinum ranks is actually just one or two major flaws that they haven't figured out yet i've been surprised when i've made my way back through the ranks like when i switched over to pc like how skilled the, the platinum players were i'm like i kind of expected it to be a walk in the park i'm like hey i got this but the main thing i actually consistently saw that we're holding these players back um is they know their combos and setups well but how to play defense and not get caught in bad situations wasn't something they'd fully wrap their heads around just yet. It, it seems like you agree with that, like from when you were going back I, there. I, okay, so I'm Grandmaster, right, right now. Um, the note that I continually give myself is slow the hell down and let them come to you more whiff punish them more and uh usually at the beginning of my of my sets uh or like when i get online to play i'll be doing a lot more forward jumps a lot more trying to force things when you take that onus off yourself and you just play a lot more reactionary to them until your openings are there and then you take advantage of them then you go in that is that will get you up probably a few levels from where you're at but that's a note i give to everybody and myself because i have to reteach myself that all the time because hey you want to get in there and you want to do some punches i get it but yeah. Slow it down. Yeah, this and, is uh, this is a yeah. game where if you are in the wrong spots on screen, you're good. You're dead. 
you're in, and especially against players who who have more experience and skill than you do that's you're you're just a dead man walking or a dead person walking i should say um but you might see a few platinum players in the results of tournaments that does happen um but they are few and far between compared to the other ranks in, in this uh the platinum ranks represent the top 96,000 players online so not too bad and that brings us to the gold ranks 4,000 league points. Gold players are similar to platinum players where they have a good amount of their core combos and mix-ups down, but they're more prone to dropping like a game-winning or game-deciding situation. They might play mm. really solid for a good portion of the matchup, but as the pressure kind of starts to mount, you can you can imagine that they might fall apart as the set basically stretches on. It, it's kind of hard for them to keep their composure and kind of keep it all together, and that's really kind of the big difference between gold and platinum players. Uh, I'm definitely a gold player sometimes, though, that's, <laughs> that's for <so> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, the, these players usually have gold ranked, have a handful of flaws. Um, where the the platinum players might have one or two kind of major standout flaws that you know we you and I can kind of pick up on and exploit. Gold players have more like around five major flaws that are keeping them basically in gold. Um, and it's certainly over, uh, possible to overcome two or three of those and get yourself into platinum, even if you've been stuck in the lower ranks for a while. And this is a good time to refer to like you know the five tips videos and other stuff that we've done. Where it's like, hey, I'm stuck in my rank. How do I get out of it? Go back to check out those videos and, you know, we'll talk about it here more. But it's really kind of understanding the core meta of what makes you good in Street Fighter V and making sure that you exploit that and you don't put yourself in bad situations once again. And, and this spot for gold represents the top 190,000 players. You see, we're, we're getting to a big, a big part of the player base there. Uh, almost 200,000 players there from gold uh, on up. So, so, yeah. You know, I remember in Street Fighter 4 days, back in the Street Fighter 4 days where everything was uphill both ways in the snow and no shoes and all that stuff. But I remember back then you used to be able to predict, not necessarily through online points, but you you could probably make a pretty distinct kind uh, of kind of um, organizer for this, like players that would get out of pools, for instance, in tournament. And uh, I, I don't know if we really ever talked about it in terms of like who would get top eight, because again, the online was different back then. So it was, it was um, even, even more of a divide between what it's like to play offline and online and such. But there was like a lot of predictions that you would make from all that kind of stuff. And I remember we would talk about, like, you could almost always say like, oh, these two are the most likely to get out of pools and be right much more often. Street Fighter V, that's evened out in the more modern times because the game's gotten to a better place, but it's been much harder to predict even who's going to get out of pools at a lot of tournaments mm. with this game um did you already kind of uh, mention that with the with the ranks or or, or did i miss it like is there a rank where you're like if you're this rank you're likely to get out of pools or is that even it's too hard pretty to predict much grandmaster like grandmaster yeah. you're probably going to get out of pools or are you going to have a chance but it depends on the tournament are you entering the the capcom lcq which is probably the hardest tournament of the year just killers.com yeah, right is, there you that is almost impossible to get out of now if you actually make capcom cup yeah that's way harder right but i mean in terms of an open tournament though that the lcq is almost impossible to make it through uh you and i have both won a handful of matchups when we've played in the lcq and we were very proud of that that's hard to do um but the you know it's uh so but you know if we would have maybe entered the last ceo maybe you and i are making it out of a uh, pulse you know kind of thing it's a, it's a possibility if we had a good week you know um so um th that's kind of the general barometer uh, at this day and age of how i see it so um next up we have the silver ranks in in silver rank players um they're often missing some of the core setups and combos for their characters that they either don't know or can't execute consistently. Uh, offense is the dominant way to play Street Fighter V, and knowing when and where to apply pressure or ease off is a gigantic, huge part of this game. 
And, and if you don't fundamentally understand that, it's actually really hard to get out of the silver rank. Uh, at this stage, it's it's easy to run into situations where you just you have no idea how to handle what your opponent is doing, and, and that could be frustrating and make the game not too much fun to play when you get stuck in silver. And, and by far, it's funny that silver rank is like the biggest demon for most people because they can't get out of it. They just they're stuck, and, and it's like I, they're like I've been silver rank for like two or three years, and it's like it's it's I get it. Like some people, the game just never clicks for them, and this is where they get hit and and most people quit here it's just ooh this is a tough one uh and this spot is very representative here as we lead up to this number 374,000 uh players uh our, our silver rank are up like that is a huge portion of the player base here and uh there it is if you are stuck in silver there's a lot obviously as you just laid out that you can learn but I'll tell you this um if you simplify the game down to kind of like I'm either doing this or this and 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 otherwise just sort of trying to get back to where I'm either doing this or this like so I'm either anti-airing with uh with uppercuts or I'm like throwing a fireball you know and and like those are kind of the only things that I'm worried about doing the game gets super overwhelming when you're thinking about all the possibilities of what your character and the other character can do if you simplify it and you just go like my character can play through these two gears and they they thrive off of each other right because if uh, if they're on the ground they have to worry about the fireball if they're jumping they have to worry about the dp and you get rid of all that other stuff i think you'll get through silver i think if you just simplify it to the two things that like Whatever your character is, you know, figure it out. You got to tailor make it for your own character. But whatever your character's two like kind of gears are that thrive off of each other, just simplify it to those, and I think you can get out of silver. It's usually V trigger. <laughs> it's usually V trigger. Well, okay. Yeah, one of the, those two things John is talking about simplifying down is make make sure you know your V trigger stuff really well. That's the unfortunate part about Street Fighter Five. It's way too based around V triggers, and then uh, controlling offensive momentum and kind of just knowing when to put Okazemi pressure and stuff on people. But easier said than done for a lot of people. Just hard to wrap your brains around. But very good advice there from John. Uh, if you're stuck in silver. Uh, moving on, we've got the bronze ranks. Uh, if you play a Street Fighter V fairly casually, you're probably in this rank. Uh, you probably just play the game to kind of have fun periodically and don't th take things too seriously, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know a few setups and tricks, and that's enough for you. Uh, you could probably get a higher rank if you tried, um, but you just kind of enjoy the game on a different level, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, and this spot is where you, you see the, the top 1 million players. Um, I don't think Street Fighter V has an active player base of a million people playing it. Uh, it's uh, A lot of the bronze people are just people who, you know, played the game for a little while and then you know moved on to something else because it wasn't for them yeah and the last rank we've got is rookie and that is less than 500 league points just 500 uh you're probably not playing the game too much if you never made it out of this rank because you pretty much just have to play about 20 or 30 matches to get to that point uh and uh, if you're in here you're probably waiting for street fighter 6 and that's all good because we'll see you in that game and that makes the uh, top 2 million players in the rookie rank and that is everything. So Well, I've learned a lot. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully we both get out of our Grandmaster rank. We get up to Ultimate. Uh, that's what we're aiming for. Maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe we're both going to go back down to Diamond here after this session. <laughs> we made ourselves worse. You never know with Street Fighter Five. Easy come, easy go. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up for this week of Venom's podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. Adios.